Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, cat lovers. Welcome to Catitude. I'm your show host, Michelle Fern. You know, today. Our subject is sad, but I guess there's so much positive around it. It's so hard for us when we lose a fur babe, right? Really hard for us. But imagine how hard it is for our children. You know, it's such a hard thing to explain to them. Well, my guest today took something that was such a challenge and made it into this the most delightful book I've ever seen for children and on such a difficult subject. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this show. We'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome author Lori Orlinsky, who wrote the book Balloons for Tiger. Welcome, Lori. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. So, so Balloons for Tiger is a book for children dealing with the loss of a pet. And you, your tiger is a cat and you're in the book, but it can be for any pet. But, you know, we're talking about cats. We're on Catitude and Tiger was a cat. What made you decide to write the book? And I have to tell you, I adore this book. There's so many things that you touched on in the book that made me think, oh my gosh, this is so perfect for children. Why aren't other books? Why didn't they think of this or that? Or, But we'll get into that a little later. So why did you write the book? Thank you so much for saying that. Um, it's funny, something that you said is really the reason that I wrote the book. It's because I couldn't find any other books like it out there. When my daughters were four and two, we unexpectedly had to put our pet tiger down. She was 18. Um, we were told that her kidneys were failing and, you know, one minute she was fine and the next she wasn't. So we decided I I didn't want to make it too sad and hard for my daughter. So we did a balloon release and they wrote messages on balloons. They, I think one picked out pink, the other picked out yellow and they wrote cards and they wrote, Tiger, we love you. You're always in our hearts. And they released the balloons outside of our home. And it was just like this beautiful, captivating moment. And I kind of took a deep breath and I thought, whew, I escaped this. Like, I don't have to read them a book about death because really the only pet loss books I could find were very religious. So, you know, we did the balloon release. And then as each day went on, 
my girls kept asking me where the balloons were. And I, I found myself, you know, as an author by trade, I found myself kind of making up stories to make them feel a little bit better. I think I told them that the tooth fairy might have took the balloon and rode around with it for a while. I then told one of my daughters that an astronaut actually saw it from space. And so as I was coming up with these little vignettes, I thought that this would make a great children's book. And it was the answer to what I was searching for, because as I said, the way that I do it is more of like a whimsical, straightforward approach. And I found that most books were just really laced with like the hard questions about death. And at four and two, I didn't feel my girls were ready for that. You said that so eloquently, so perfectly, and just so right on, because there's a lot of different types of religion and that kind of a thing. But I, there's a time and a place for that. And for children that are so young, it's kind of a hard concept to grasp that. And I like the fact that you did this balloon release ceremony. I think there's something kind of like that brings to mind it's either it's some asian culture where they do something and i think it might be for i don't know what it is but it's just coming into my head it's a great way to do something special and let go but i love how you added you know and kept it whimsical how you added things that kids relate to like adult thinking the tooth fairy saw it. why would the tooth fairy see you know this balloon but this is how children think and the concept is less scary to them. Like they know that the balloons are on their way to heaven. And instead of asking about God and heaven, they are kind of more asking about where the balloons are. So we had a little bit of a, a, a fun time kind of coming up with all the things that these balloons might do on their way to get to Tiger. And we were actually um, not too long after that, um, we were flying over the holidays. And I said to my daughter, I see the balloon. It's right under the clouds, my two-year-old. And she was like so excited about it. She's like, I see it too. I see it too. Oh my God, this is amazing. And so we actually incorporated that plane scene into the into the book. Is it with the parachute? Yep. There were some parachuters or some skydivers um, and you can... People what I see. like, too, is that you did keep religion out of it because there is a lot of types of religion, a lot of types of beliefs. And I might be wrong. A lot of us, we talk about Rainbow Bridge with pets and something special. But I don't see even I don't even see the word. Not that there's anything wrong with this word, but I don't even see the word heaven. There is a towards the end. Um, it says heaven. And we kept it again. I specifically um, I worked with my illustrator. Vanessa Alexandri, and she is actually from Brazil. She helped me illustrate my first two children's books. And I thought this would be a perfect project for her. And initially, I had heaven kind of illustrated with all different people and animals. And then I took a more serious look at it. I said, you know what, I don't want this to lead to questions about death and children or anything like that. So we put all kinds of animals in there. There's iguanas, there's lizards, there's goldfish, and all of the animals in this one scene are happy. They're, I think I say that they're mooing, they're snorting, they're dancing, and they're prancing. Yep. And I found heaven, and it's not right at the end. It almost makes me feel like it's more like, like the heavenly clouds or, to me, doesn't touch on religion. The only reason I'm saying that, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's so many different types of people and types of beliefs and everything that it's perfect for all children. 
You know, it's not skewed in any one way, which makes it even more special. And how you wrote the book, like you said, they're all happy. All the animals are happy. Everything's happy. And that was intentional too. I mean, I wanted it to just not feel so sad. And I wanted them, I wanted children to be able to look at that picture and kind of think of whether it's their cat, whether it's their dog, whether it's their fish, and just kind of think of their animal being free. You have a lot of different, besides balloons, and I have a question for you for balloons, a lot of different, you know, you have Rome, you have Santa Claus, you have a stork, you have the toothbrush fairy, you have cow jumped over the moon, you have (laughs) all these like fairy tale like things. I don't know if they call them fairy tales, just the things that children would recognize. And I'm sure that was intentional too. So they would just understand and be more comfortable. Absolutely. And I just wanted to make the book approachable. So many times when we're talking to our children about things, whether it be pet loss or bullying or being honest, children feel like they're on the defense and that they're in trouble. So I love being able to teach children through books because when you teach kids lessons through books, one, they don't really know that they're learning a lesson. They think that they're just hearing a book and they're able to visualize themselves in the situations and kind of see what they would do. And they have just, you know, a a frame of reference. And so being able to show them this book is a nice way to teach them about pet loss without actually sitting down and having a really hard conversation about what happens or where do pets go when they die. You know what? You hit on something really important and we're not going to get all into psych stuff, but when you said about kids, when they hear about these things, they think it's in trouble. Years and years and years ago, I was doing some reading and, you know, children are very egocentrical. They think the world evolves around them, not in a negative way, but that they cause things. If something happens, they think, did I do something bad? Is that why, you know, my cat's not with us? Or did I do this or that? And this takes it away. It's not the focus on them. And it's all positive and light. So you did a phenomenal job in that aspect. Just fantastic. Thank you. Let's talk about balloons. Why did you decide to do like a balloon release, which is, I think, fantastic? You know, I was just kind of thinking about what we could do. I I thought about bubbles. I thought about all different things. I mean, it started with writing letters. And then My daughter, Haley, who she's now 10, she's still very inquisitive, but she said, how do we get the letters to Tiger? Do we mail them? And I just thought it would be easier for her to like also, in a sense, let go of her grief by letting go of a balloon. I thought that it was like a really good way to actually feel that feeling and have that experience of letting something go. And By no means would she let go of her grief completely, but I felt like it would take a little bit of a weight off her shoulders. And I let her come with me to the store, pick out the balloon, make the card. Both daughters taped the the card and they kind of said something like, Tiger, we love you before they release the balloon. And I actually, I have a video of that and I was able to take a still shot. And so towards the end of the book, there's a still shot of them actually releasing the balloons. Oh, yeah, I see it. When they're holding the balloons, the one with the big pink balloon. They're yes. adorable. Yeah, I opened the PDF on my phone, but I've already read everything. But it's just, oh, okay, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. 
Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here. You know, when my cat's healthy, she's happy. And when my little diva Molly is happy, that makes me happy. But I'm not a mind reader. I don't always know when she's healthy. And so helping me along and just to know that my cat's healthy is just one reason I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter is made up of ultra-absorbent crystals that trap odor instantly. No more stinky cat bathroom smell. I love the fact that it weighs less. No more lugging heavy boxes. And it's dust-free. That's because Pretty Litter has a super light crystal base. And it also, since it's dust-free, it's less messy. And the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the trash can. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes color to help detect early signs of potential illness in my cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. This is so important because, you know, I talk about cats, I have four, but Molly, she's my little diva baby, and I can't tell when she's not feeling good, you know? Cats are stoic creatures. She doesn't say, hey, mom, something's up. So how would I know? Another great benefit is that Pretty Litter ships free to my door in a small, lightweight bag. I never run out of it, and I don't have a huge container of litter taking up space and stinking up my place. Pretty Litter helps keep my cat healthy and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash petliferadio to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash petliferadio to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash petliferadio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Lori Orlinsky, the author of Balloons for Tiger. We talked a lot about the book. Let's talk about just throwing this out there. Because your book, you use balloons as a way to say goodbye. Some people might say, well, I want to have my pet for burying or something like that. And you didn't touch on any of that, which I think is good. Because one, if you cremate your pet, you have the ashes, you're not going to bury them, you keep them with you. But you didn't touch on anything that's going to happen to the pet after just that they're in a good spot. Why did you decide to do that? Well, and I also not only that they're in a good spot, but that your child also has this wonderful love for their animal that'll always be with them in their heart. And so, um, you know, without spoiling too much of the book, you know, Tiger sends down um, a token of love to show the girls that she loves them just as much as they love her and that they're okay. So it was also a way to show kids that the bond that their animal lasts forever. It doesn't end when their animal's time ends on earth. It really does. I still remember my dog that I had when I was eight, you know, and I'm way, way past eight. You know, these things, your girls will remember this forever. They will. And even Ellie, who's now seven, she was two at the time. She still talks about it. She still talks about the moment. And we've shown her that video and she's like, wait, the balloons are, are leaving. Let's get them back. Get them back. She didn't understand. She said, let's take a ladder and get them. So she, you know, she didn't understand. And, and now she does. And when we talk about pet loss, you know, 
she's had friends that have lost animals and we always give them this book, but she always says so eloquently, your animal's always in your heart. My mom told me that we did a balloon release and we've actually inspired other kids to do something similar, even when they have, you know, something like a pet goldfish that they lose. So Lori, why is it so important for children to know that it's okay to grieve the loss of their pet, that it's not something where your pet's in a better place, it's all okay, they're fine, okay, now we're done. Why is it better to have like a special moment where you do something and then you have your book to show them this is where the balloon is going? I think, you know, with loss, it obviously is an extremely emotional time and moment and Kids can feel a variety of emotions besides sadness. They might have loneliness or anger, um, depending on the circumstances, if the pet had to be put down. And I think if you don't address it and you kind of just say, um, or at least in my experience, if we just said, you know, t- unfortunately, we had to put Tiger down. She was a great pet. And we just go about our day. It's going to leave kids with so many feelings that they might never resolve. And it might lead to kind of subsequent mental health issues like stress or anxiety. And so I felt like this was a way to have the conversation with the kids and also keep it open-ended, let them explore. I mean, other parents can read this book and they can also think of other scenarios where what their balloons might be doing. And it kind of leads also to a nice conversation at the end when we say that your pet will always be in your heart. Parents can say, what are some wonderful moments that you had with your pet that you can remember? And Towards the end of the book, I also made sure to get some talking points from a licensed social worker who talks about um, just basic tips for parents on how to approach the subject if kids are still a little bit persistent in wanting to talk about pet loss after reading the book. I think we're on either a good wavelength or something. That was my next thing I was about. <laughs> because, and when when I read it, and I always try to review right before a show, so it was quick. I didn't even see that it was from an LCSW licensed clinical social worker, but it's even more impactful that you have this. You know, it's more credible that you have a licensed clinical social worker, although you have a great grasp with what you've taught your girls and everything that I've learned from you just in this short discussion. But these are some great tips for parents. And you also have some questions for educators from an elementary school teacher. Why did you decide to include both of the questions and then the coping strategies? So the coping strategies were definitely a no-brainer for me because I thought that parents just needed to be prepared with the tools. I didn't want parents to think that kids can say, well, what happens when my pet dies? And they can open the book, read the story, and end the discussion right when the book closes. I thought parents had to be equipped with understanding that children are going to ask questions and it's okay that they don't know the answers, but what's important to do is kind of offer the truth, make sure, you know, you know that kids can grieve at their own pace and it might not be the way you grieve or it might be longer than you grieve and that's okay. And so I really leaned on the advice of a licensed social worker who deals with kids and parents that go through the loss of pets and people. And then as it relates to educators, this was kind of in working with my own daughter, who at the time was in pre-K, a lot of times kids come into the classroom and they raise their hands and they say, I went bowling this weekend, or, you know, they'll say kind of anything. And 
At the time, Haley raised her hand and said, my cat died. And so other kids, their wheels might have been turning in their head. So I think it's important that educators have um, the books in the classroom, too, in case the topic gets brought up. And this way, they're probably not equipped to deal with some of those coping strategies that are for the parents, but they can kind of ask kids questions about what they learned from the story. I absolutely agree. I think a lot of times when those kind of questions pop up, and especially for educators, because it's it's a hard road, you know, and I've done some teaching myself with not pre-K, but young children, you know, you there's so many restrictions on what you can say, what you can't say. And also, you don't want to brush the topic under the rug, so to speak, because it ignores it. And right. it's a part of life. So I think having those questions is great. Is there anything that you would do differently if you were writing the book again? That's a great question. You know, I think that in the beginning, I didn't really touch on why Tiger was gone. I didn't want that. I did that on purpose. I didn't want my kids to have to relive that we had to put her down. And so you just see a family that's releasing balloons and you assume, you know, the the pet was lost, but you don't know why. And towards the end, I allude to the fact that Tiger isn't sick anymore and she's perfectly okay. But I think if I were writing this again, I may give a little bit more insight into why the balloons were being released. I didn't want to bring up, especially not the fact that it was our decision to put her down, because that might be really confusing to kids. But maybe saying something about how, you know, Tiger used to be, she used to be a 14 pound cat. She was really heavy. And towards her final days, she got down to four pounds. Um, So almost maybe like showing that we had this sweet, loving pet who got sick. So making maybe a stronger connection. But I'm really overall happy with the way it turned out. I've written four children's books. And by far, this is the one that I sat on for the longest because it was so personal. I really wanted to do justice to the experience that we had, my husband and I, with our daughters. We now have a third daughter too, and she's only one, but this is something that we know we'll also use as a keepsake and we'll say to her, we had this amazing cat before you were born. We did a balloon release. She's now looking down on you, things like that. It also made my kids a lot more empathetic and kind of imaginative. Reading this, I mean, they're, as I mentioned, they're able to kind of talk to their friends about their experiences and it's inspired other kids. I've gotten so many photos from parents that have read my book and said, you've you've inspired us to do a balloon release. Here's a balloon release that we did for our cat or for our lizard. And so it's really beautiful to know that kids are doing these balloon releases and they're dealing with their grief in an appropriate manner. I think it's actually perfect just as it is. I could understand why you put the cat down or putting it in a way that children would understand. Sometimes your pet might get sick, this and that. But I think you alluded to it enough. And you mentioned, you know, that she was sick near the end. I think it's great. And I also love that it, because we're talking about it, but it rhymes. So it makes it really fun to read to children because they love books that rhyme. Yes. And books that rhyme to help, especially kids that are in kindergarten and first grade, it helps them anticipate what's coming next. And so rhyming books really help teach literacy. I I'm very passionate, obviously, being an author about literacy. And and one other thing about the book that I'll say is, initially, I just had the vision for balloons. My illustrator, Vanessa, had the vision to turn these balloons into 
give them faces with distinct personalities. One has glasses. There's one with these big dimples. One has long eyelashes. It's so whimsical and fun, and it makes such a tough topic a little less tough. The book is perfectly done, incredibly colorful, because when you're reading this book, it's a sad moment in time. You're either reading this book likely because you have lost a pet or because it it might be coming or because you know someone that lost a pet. This is one of those books that, you know, I say, if you have a pet, it's kind of something that you should have on the back of your bookshelf just in case. Because for us, we didn't know when that moment was coming and it would have been nice to be equipped with something, some kind of tool for my children. I just think this is amazing. And anyone out there that has a pet, that knows somebody who has a pet and has children, get this book. The more I look at the pictures, the more I see, you know, as far as you said, with the balloons and making them very um, relatable with glasses and goggles and dimples and even crying. Fabulous. I also like that you do a special thing with a portion of the sales. So do you want to share that with us? Yes. So a portion of proceeds from the sale of each book goes directly to the Anti-Cruelty Society in Chicago. And the Anti-Cruelty Society is just such a special place um, for my family because it's actually where Tiger is from. My husband adopted Tiger when she was four years old. Tiger came into my life when she was about six or eight. And since adopting Tiger from the Anti-Cruelty Society, we also adopted another cat, Hoosier, who is a little orange tabby. He is still with us and he's 11 years old and he is the silliest, funniest cat. But that shelter has such a special place in our hearts. I know how you feel. They always do. You know, it's like the home, you know, your fur baby. I was going to ask if you adopted another cat and you only have one? So yes. So we we had Tiger um, and we got Hoosier when Tiger was probably eight. So Hoosier was like Tiger. Hoosier's a boy. So Hoosier was like Tiger's little son and she would groom him and bathe him. And it was really sweet. And, you know, initially I had asked the vet um, after we had to put Tiger down, I asked if Hoosier would be impacted and the vet said, no, he won't even notice. And that could not have been further from the truth. He was, I would say, lost literally for like a good two months he was looking everywhere for her and meowing and so it was that was an experience in itself too that's something I think a topic that could be tackled in a book how other pets respond to the loss of another pet I'm surprised your vet said that and I don't want to knock your vet but when my dog Mr. Zeus when he passed in August of 2020 Molly was good friends with him, maybe because they're both, you know, I don't know, she's a tuxedo cat, so black and white markings, but they used to hang together and she was like lost without him. Nikki is the other dog in the house. He was a little lost too. So it took a little while. So I think they do know, they do know when someone's missing. And it was one thing for us that was, you know, everyone kept asking us, are you going to get another cat? And to me, it felt like, oh, I don't want to replace Tiger. But then over time, we ended up not getting another cat because we have Hoosier. But over time, I learned that it's you're not necessarily replacing a pet. Your heart is just growing bigger to love another animal. Right. And actually, the reason I said it's because it's hard to have just one because usually you have one, then you add another, but then you have yeah. three girls. So that's that's enough there. <laughs> that's a lot going on. So having three little ones. So yeah. And my husband is, is thrilled that our cat's a boy because of course, you know, he has some masculinity in the house. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Right. So 
let's tell everybody, Lori, this is just such a fabulous book. I have a little guy that I'm going to sh- I'm going to try and share with him, but he's little and he doesn't have loss of a pet. It's my grandson. He doesn't have loss of a pet, but I'm going to see if there's a way I can, or maybe his dad might say not yet, but I'm going to keep it in mind because his uh, sidekick, Lily, is a huge golden retriever that takes his abuse nonstop, which is amazing because you know how three-year-old little boys, oh, yes. not even little boys, it's little little kids. They're, you have to be gentle with them, but they're so rough on everything, right? So oh, yeah. My one-year-old currently rides Hoosier's tail like he's a horse. Oh, geez. <laughs> and he loves her. He loves her. They know. Sometimes they just know. Where can people buy your book? So um, my books are available on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, Target.com, Walmart.com, wherever books are sold. And I also have a website. It's LoriOrlinskiAuthor.com. And when you go to my website, you can find the book. There's also some nice coloring sheets that you can print out. They're for free. And kids can color as an additional extension activity to do with the book. Lori, there's also pictures of your girls with Tiger. And did you find it important? And then the animation of Tiger looks just like them. But did you find it important to have pictures of your girls with him in the book? So it just that they recognized him in the book? Or why did you include the pictures? It was important. I wanted the girls to see pictures of them with Tiger and and, ha- and bring a smile to their face. And really just anybody reading the book could actually picture Tiger as a real cat in addition to this cat that's portrayed in the book. So it was important to me that readers know that this is just so deeply personal to me. And this is something that I went through. And it's a tool that helped my children. And I hope that it could help others. And oh, these pictures just make me, they make me sad and happy at the same time. I know what you mean, but they're great pictures. Well, thank you so much for coming on Catitude and sharing your book, Balloons for Tiger. It's such a great book. And I can't wait to hear about what you write next, but this is just an amazing book and a great solution for such a difficult problem. Thank you for having me. I love talking about this book with you and I really appreciate you taking the time. I hope all of you really enjoyed this show. This has got to be one of my most favorite shows. You know, it's always good when we could take something that's such a difficult, difficult thing to deal with, such as, you know, the grief and loss of a pet and make it something special, especially when it deals with our children. So I'm um, so glad Lori was on the show today to talk about um, her book, Balloons for Tiger. So I want to thank Lori. I want to thank my cats. I want to dedicate the show to Sammy. I'm going to release a balloon for you, Sammy. And the other ones are all happy and healthy. So my cat crew, which is Dennis and Jethro and Charlotte and Molly and the yappy dog, Mr. Nikki, and also balloons for Mr. Zeus. Him and Sammy are watching above us. And to get on to happier memories, thank you all so much for listening to Catitude and making it such a popular show for everyone who loves anything about cats. And a special, special thank you to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound amazing. So remember, lose the attitude. Have Catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.